There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. If you want to do one good thing today, make sure to hit the like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Alon from RSR, out of the flow, and into the lunchroom. I work as a software developer. The type of projects that I do are usually the more niche ones, so I tend to work alone most of the time. With working from home, this meant quite a nice bit of flexibility in scheduling my day. Of course, there were the meetings that were useful, the meetings that should have been an email, and the three-hour meetings that should have been a two-sentence email, but other than that, I was relatively free to arrange my time however I wanted. Quite regularly, when I'm working, I get into a state of flow. I lose my track of surroundings, lose track of time, thank God for meeting reminders, and just happily work away at my assigned tasks. This means that I often don't notice it's lunchtime until it's well past lunchtime. But with working from home and a flexible schedule and all that, this isn't an issue. I get my grub and eat it while staring at a wall and milling over the problem that I'm trying to solve. When I'm done, about 20 minutes-ish usually, I generally have some new inspiration and I'm ready to dive back in. Earlier this month, my lunch break was rudely interrupted by a call from Mr. Obvious Pseudonym, or Sue as I like to call him. It was 2.20pm at that time. Sue is a manager, not my manager, but he's my manager's manager. He asked me to look up a few things and send them to him. I replied that I'd do that first thing after my lunch break. He then informed me that I wasn't supposed to be on lunch break at 2.20pm, because lunch was from 12 to 1. I told him that I was working from 12 to 1, and in fact only started my break 5 minutes before his call. But he wouldn't budge. Alright, have it your way then. Since then, I've been setting a timer for 12. No matter what I'm doing or how deep into a piece of intricate logic I've worked myself, screen goes black and I'm out for lunch. And I've been taking that hour as an hour indeed. As it's free time, I'm not thinking about work during that time, and when the clock strikes 1, I'm back at my computer ready to try and figure out what I was thinking about an hour ago. Depending on exactly what I was doing, it takes me about one to one and a half hours to get back into it. Of course, I've talked to my manager about Sue's instructions. He thinks of them as highly as I do, but has no way to overrule him on this. So this is the new status quo. We're already starting to notice a hit in productivity in my projects, but I'm just doing what I'm told here. For another story here on this channel, I was talking about how some students learn and work in their own ways that work best for them. I think for a lot of development jobs and tasks too, there's varying ways that some people really work well. I have friends that work in the software developer kind of space and I know some of them, once they're in the zone, they hate having any distractions or any interruptions because they're deep into it, they're thinking about how their code works, how it's going to branch out, things that are going to influence it. Imagine creating something and you're so in the zone and you know this part's going here and this part's going there and I'm doing this section of it. 
Hey, you have to take a break right now for an hour. It's like writing a book and you know what the next three sentences are going to be, but you're working there. And somebody says, no, no, you have to take a break. Stop what you're doing. Are you able to pick stuff up and put it right back down with no problem? Or are you a worker similar to OP that when you're in the zone, you prefer to stay in the zone until you're done or reach a natural stopping point? Let me know what you think in the comments down below. Our next story is by Malibdeem42. You forced us to recruit? You just made yourself expandable. I'm an officer on a guild, a group, playing a well-known MMORPG, massive multiplayer game. We're playing twice a week on an event called a raid that requires 25 people. As we were a bit short on players, we approached another very small guild that was interested in playing with us for those raids. The idea from the start is that we'll continue this collaboration as long as our guild is too small to go alone. It was a win-win situation for both guilds. Ours will have stable players week by week, and they'll be able to participate on big raids that can't be done with only 5 players. For a time, this collaboration was doing great, despite a few incidents, and we even stopped trying to find new players for our guild, as the current situation was fine. We tried our best to make the small guild welcomed and treated them as guild members. We asked a few times if they wanted to join us in only one guild, but they always refused, not wanting to lose their identity. We even stopped actively recruiting as both guilds were happy with the situation. A few months later, we had a few new players joining, friends of friends, and we get to a point where we may have to ask a few players to not participate on the raids from time to time. So we inform the players from both guilds that we'll start to make rotations. It's very common and not a surprise, as players sometimes are not available because of the real life. So guilds are usually aiming for 30 to 35 people ready to play for a 25 player raid. This is when the other guild leader said the following. We're a small guild, a small community of highly selected players that want to play together. If one player is asked not to play for a night, no one from our guild will play. So basically, the small guild made of a few players that was now essential for the raids because of their role and their level of equipment said that all of their players should always play and that our guild will have to sacrifice players instead all the time. This, with a few other events where the small guild was making our life a bit difficult, was too much for us. Why would we favor players that aren't in our guild, refuse to comply to basic rules, always complain when the rewards from the raids don't go to one of their players, and so on? So here's the malicious compliance. They wanted us to find more people for the nights when we only wanted one player to not come on the raid? Let's find them and recruit them. If we make rotations, and we will, and we lose 5 players when it's time for one of the other guild players to not come to the raid, we need to recruit more people to make sure that we'll be able to go to the raid. So let's recruit 5 players with the same role as the ones from the small guild that will join us and participate when they couldn't. We search for a bit and quickly find new players in 2 days. But now, we're enough on the guild to go alone on the raids. As per the rules we set together, it was now time to stop the collaboration. We gathered our officers and their entire guild and explained to them we'll now go to the raids without them and thank them a lot for all the time and dedication they showed us for the past three months. The collaboration was well appreciated by the guild and we wish them the best of luck for the future. Because they wanted to have privileges and exploit our situation to their advantage, using the fact that we needed them to raid, they forced us to resume the search for more players making them less useful. We struggled for two weeks while we trained and equipped the new players, but now we're autonomous. It was obvious that the smaller guild must have thought they were way too valuable, like as in they could never replace us. Since we're so valuable to them, we demand to get this and that and whatever. 
the demands probably would have kept growing beyond that if you complied to that. When the reality is, there's a lot of players that play whatever MMORPG this is, I'm assuming Warcraft, it's not impossible to find 5 more players. The beauty of an MMO like that is there's probably always going to be people looking to get in with bigger groups. If your group's big or good enough, I feel like 5 players is probably easy enough to find. Our next story is by Cinnamon Bun Bun. Sure, I'll keep my meals under $30 as per the policy. I'll make sure it's $30 every single time. I do a lot of fly-in, fly-out travel for my job. Usually I'm so busy with work while on site, or I'm stationed somewhere with food options I don't want to waste my calories on, and I don't eat anything the whole day or just buy a coffee. Our employee expenses policy at work is $30 a day, which is mostly fine. But there are some high cost of living cities, and sometimes my meals go above the policy because there's not many options. Especially if I want to eat healthy, which is important when you're constantly on the road. Plus, so many airports have completely shut down their food courts and haven't reopened them yet, so there's hardly any options but fast food. So I submit my expenses one month and I've gone $1.50 over the daily limit because I treated myself to a coffee that morning as well as a lunch because I was tired after the god-awful early flight I had to take. The company had recently changed their policy and now a different set of people are approving expenses. The previous people didn't mind going over by a few bucks because it balances out with the trips where I didn't need anything, but this new group are absolute sticklers and rejected the expense, citing I was over the daily limit. I tried to argue that I had 10 other visits that month in which I didn't eat a single thing, but they still weren't budging. It really left a sour taste in my mouth. Now, every single visit, I force myself to spend as close to $30 as I can because screw them. My husband's happy because it means I now bring back, slightly squished but free, food for him. I feel bad for wasting food, but often I just buy a meal and eat a few bites and throw it in the bin. However, the expense policy is $30 a day, and by god I'm going to stick to it now. While in the past I might have billed $100 for the entire month because I didn't bother to eat, I'm now billing twice or three times that. I also used to push myself to keep working all day, but now I religiously take my 30 minutes to go and buy some food. So that's 30 minutes less work they're getting from me too. This is the kind of thing where you need to try and organize some kind of grassroots movement with your other coworkers, where every time all of you are trying to charge as close to $30 as possible because of this $1.50 injustice. This company wants to nickel and dime you when you're saving them money on their expense trips? Fine, everybody's gonna charge you $300 a month now instead of way less than that. And our final story of the day is by UE Loyalist. We didn't break any laws? Sure, go to the authorities. This story took place in the mid-90s. My wife and I were newly married, and our daughter was still an infant. My wife worked in healthcare as a home care nurse, traveling from house to house looking after people. However, after our daughter was born, she didn't want a job that put her on the road so much and shifts in the evening. So, she applied to be a cleaner at the military base near our community. Two things about our situation that are noteworthy. One is that my wife is a visible minority, and second, as a healthcare worker, she logs everything as a force of habit. The company that hired her was a national company. The base office usually had five employees. One had recently quit because her husband was moving with his military job to another part of the country, so the local boss hired my wife to replace her. The four other workers were tight. Louise is the boss who hired her best friend Donna, as well as Donna's brother Dan and Louise's niece Tracy. 
my wife was a true outsider. She immediately saw things were not quite on the level. Even though my wife was paid from 4pm to midnight, she was home by 8pm every night. She was also excluded from cleaning the buildings that housed the engineering and tenancy offices. Occasionally when she would clean those offices, she saw her colleagues rifling through desks and filing cabinets photocopying documents and other shady stuff. My wife also saw Luis threaten a soldier with extra duties for not opening doors fast enough. Luis's husband was a senior NCO in the unit. But jobs were hard to find at the time, so my wife was willing to accept a little discomfort to their ethics. However, after a few months, the racial epithet started. It started with a nickname, then morphed into slurs and rumors about her. They started telling racial jokes without trying to hide it. When my wife complained to the four of them that she was uncomfortable, she got called weak and they threatened her employment. My wife told them that she would go to the head office, so she called the head office from work. Steward from HR dressed down my wife over women's talk and she needed to thicken her skin and not be too sensitive. My wife countered that she would go to the authorities. Steward said, no laws have been broken so she should go to the authorities. Good luck. Later that shift, she was fired for attitude. So, my wife went to the authorities. Just not the police. She went to the Human Rights Commission and to the military base headquarters. She gave photocopies of her logs. The human rights investigation determined that there was a work environment that tolerated racist behaviors. That garnered an apology and an acknowledgement from Stewart with a smug comment that they will henceforth include a clause about racial sensitivity in their employee paperwork. He even made a comment to my wife that essentially, this was nothing. However, behind the scenes, the base had been doing their own investigation. Some of the people whose desks had been rifled through in the tenancy buildings had reported that they suspected they had been snooped through. The dates of some of their reports matched my wife's logs on the date she was there. Louise threatening a soldier was followed up with, and it was discovered that Louise's husband had chastised the soldier and arranged for him to do two weeks extra duties, a violation of an abuse of authority statute. The contract with the base required 40 hours of service per day. The base pulled the security and key logs showing that work was always done by 8pm. The base was paying for 40 hours per day and getting 20 hours service. There was a clause in the cleaning contract that stated that the federal government human rights regulations needed to be followed. The results of the commission's investigation determined that they were in violation. Other bases were contacted to see what was going on with this company and they found out others were having similar issues. As a result, the base broke the contract with cause. It was a five-year contract broken after the second year. Luis, Donna, Dan, and Tracy were suddenly out of work. The next cleaning company came in. All personnel had to undergo vetting for security. All cleaning was done during the day, preventing people from rifling through desks. 40 hours was 40 hours, and the cleaners were not authorized to engage soldiers beyond casual, how are you, conversations. My wife went back to healthcare. However, every once in a while she wonders what Stuart thinks of women's talk now. Don't you love when you hear stories like this of people who not only mistreat women but mistreat minorities and are racially insensitive? Not just insensitive but flat out racist. Where they feel all high and mighty and untouchable and you report them and everything just comes crashing down around them and they get what they had coming to them. I gotta say this was a very good malicious compliance and very satisfying to hear the outcome. 
But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.